Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love, hosted by Richard Osler. Appreciate all you listening. The best thing you can do to support this podcast, as I mentioned, is leave a review um, wherever you're listening to the podcast. You can buy my book um, and leave a review. The book's called Listen, Learn, and Love, Embracing LGBTQ Latter-day Saints. Most of the guests and most of the book is really just magnifying the stories of LGBTQ Latter-day Saints so we can all better understand how to support these good members of the church and LGBT people listening can hear stories of other LGBTQ Latter-day Saints as they make their best path forward. So with that, we have another guest, another brave young man um, who's willing to step forward and share his story, my friend Will Sintel. Welcome to the podcast, Will. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be here today. Will is one of our youngest podcast guests. He is 18 years old. He um, grew up in Haiti. He's been in the United States for four years. Uh, English is his second language. He speaks really good English. Um, he knows French and Haitian Creole. I'm probably not saying that right, um, but um, really admire all you've done to learn English. Um, Will graduated from the same high school that our children graduated from. Um, he's two years younger than our youngest graduate, but there's a little overlap there as he knows our youngest son. Will is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and also identifies as bisexual. So this podcast will be a little bit talking about um, Will being bisexual, Will's um, faith in the LDS Church actually increasing since he came out as bisexual, and a little bit about the nuances of being bisexual. We'll also kind of conclude with a little bit of his plans for the next year, which includes his hope to put together a nonprofit and also write a book. Is that okay for an introduction? Yes. Welcome to the United States. Tell our listeners, have you been in Utah since you've been in the United States, or have you been in other states in the United States? Uh, no, not really. So you've been in Utah the whole time? Yeah. And did you go to Cottonwood High School all, the whole time? Yes, I did. Well, congratulations on graduating from high school. That's a big deal. Thank you. Tell our listeners a little bit about why you came out as bisexual. Okay, so I came out to my family in December, and I decided to come out so that I can give hope to other people. Like, since when I came out, I'm able to have a better relationship with other people. Like I'm able to just be myself around people and I can give hope to if you are listening right now and if you are not out or if you are out, there's hope and there's a place for you and you can feel safe around me to be yourself too as well. And I came out so that I can be able to develop my relationship with God and also to be able to date whoever I want, without not feel shame or anything. Talk about when did you know you were bisexual? You're a young guy, 18, so some of my guests kind of don't figure this out or don't talk about it. They kind of know at your age, um, but they don't talk about it often until their 20s. Um, you've come out pre-20 at 18. Um, talk about when you knew you were bisexual. So I knew I was bisexual since when I've been growing up. I've always you know that my whole entire life, but I've always like, I didn't want to talk about it. 
at a really young age because I go, growing up in Haiti, it's really hard because you know you can get killed just because of your sexuality. And I watch people where they get killed in front of me just because of their sexuality. And I will never want something like that to happen to me. And in Haiti, they really judge people a lot because of their sexuality. And I know, I know I want better things for myself. And I've always tried to hide this feeling, this part of me. And since when I came here, I feel more comfortable to talk about it and to be able to share it with other people. I hope our listeners caught what um, Will said, that in Haiti, you can, you can be killed for not being straight. Is that right? Yes. And you, did you see that happen? Yeah. How old were you? I was probably seven or eight when I first watched someone get killed. You've watched people die. Yeah. That's real life stuff, Will. <laughs> and I really care for your country. We've just, today I think is the funeral of the president of Haiti or yesterday, I think. Yesterday. It was yesterday that was assassinated. And that's a whole nother subject, but I'm just aware of the, not very much, not like you, of the complexities of your country and all the things that your country's going through. Um. And we could talk about that for a long time, but um, I just recognize that the pain you've seen, just seeing people die, but then people die for their sexuality. And you knew at that point you weren't straight. Yeah, I did. Um, so that kind of, I would assume that kind of locked that deep down in you and you didn't want to talk to anybody about that. Yeah, I've never been able to talk about that with my with anyone until my best friend. I tell her that in October. That was the first person I said that to. And of course, and I told her that she wasn't too surprised, but she also was like, please don't tell anyone to either. I want you to be safe and everything. And in December, I finally brought up to my family. Why did you tell your best friend? Yeah, I tell her, hey, do you know what? I think it's time for you to know I am bisexual. I like boys. I like girls. How did she, is she, how did she respond? She was pretty good. She was like, well, that's not the reason we are friends. The reason we are friends is because for who you are and I really admire you and there's nothing different. How did you feel after telling her? I felt really good actually because I was kind of like nervous. I was like, is she going to still be friends with me or not? But later on, Actually, we ended up having a better relationship, which was pretty good. Talk about why you decided to come out to your family. So I decided to come out to my family because I know some of them always questioning, but I wanted them to, they don't have to question anymore. And they have really high expectation about married men and women. And I don't want them to have the, the same expectation about me because I want them to feel different about me. Because I want them to be able to just have a better relationship with me, not only if I marry the man, I'm going to have the same relationship, or if I marry the woman. I want to be able to have an open relationship with them. And I also wanted to be able to talk more with my friends about it, because it's really hard for people to talk about it, especially in your teenage years. It's really hard to find friends that you really want to talk about it if you don't know they are LGBTQ. 
for me, that's where I find myself a couple of years ago. And I'm like, I need to provide a better safe for people because my whole entire life, I did not have a better safe, a safe place. And I want uh, and I want other people to have a better place. So, yeah. Talk about your, um, just for all of our listeners that aren't aware, and I'm not anymore because we only have high school age children. How much LGBTQ, how much is this topic being discussed at high school? Are there a lot of people out as LGBTQ? And I realize this is just one high schoolers, or is everybody not out? <laughs> everybody not out? That's, you know what I mean? Is anybody out at the high school or is, is everybody straight? Okay, so which is kind of one thing that one of my goal was to be able to have a better place for people, as I mentioned before. First week when I came out, I have 22 people come out to me in one week. It was crazy because when I post about it, people from my school, people I haven't talked to years and years, and they text me like, Will, I am so happy that you are out. Like, like when I go to my message and tons of people, they're like, how do you feel about coming out? Because I want to do the same thing. And the answer is, you don't have to come out if you are not ready for it. There's no pressure. Just be yourself. And when, and when it's time for you to come out, you will. And in my school, the first time I really had a conversation about LGBTQ was in my senior year, in my English class, because my teacher, she's LDS. And she's really an open-minded person. And I love her a lot. And her and I, we have a really good relationship. So that was the first time she bring it up. And I was like so happy. And I was the one who discussed it in the class. And everybody was kind of happy about it. And we had a really good time. But in my school, I think we have a tons of LGBTQ people. But most of them are not really out. And you said you had 24 people come out to you after you came out? Yeah, 22. 22. That's interesting principle, just that as you came out, there were a lot of other people. And I love your advice to them, Will. It's pretty mature. This is, don't take my story and make it your story. Do this the way you feel you should do it. You don't have to come out right now. Is that what you said to him? Yes. Why didn't you want everybody to come out? Because the hardest thing is that if you're not ready to come out, it's not worth it. Because if you're not in a safe place, when you come out, it's going to be hard for you to balance your life because you're going to felt overwhelmed and you're going to have all those kind of feelings. And when you come out, you already have enough things to go through. It's not the right time to do it when you are not in a safe place because you need people that where you feel like you belong to. You need people that really love you in your life. That's why you need to wait when it's time for you to do it and you just go for it and you will know when it's time to do it. What are some of the best things people said to you as you came out? Mm, one of the best things that people said to me when I came out, I think it was. One of my family, remember, she bring it up to me first time when I came out because I was crying and everything. I was crying because I felt so happy. And at that time, I was crying because I have... I felt so overwhelmed that week. I did not use my phone for the whole entire week. That was the first time I put my phone away. And I and I was like so like overwhelmed. And one night I called her while I was crying and I was like, what should I do? And she told me, people will really love you. They will love you no matter what. When she said that to me, I'm like, yeah. 
that's how it should be. So yeah, since then, I've always felt unfair to tell people about me and I've always felt good about myself. It's, it's very thoughtful. Talk about the LDS Church. Did you just tell our list, share with our listeners, were you baptized at age eight? Did you join the church later? Yes, I was baptized. I grew up in the church. So yeah, I did baptize at eight. And it was a good experience, but since when I was about to baptize, I knew I was bisexual, which is one thing that I knew that I've, I was kind of questioning when, when I was about to get baptized. I was like, should I get baptized or should I not, since I like both genders? But one thing that I did realize is that it doesn't matter. So I did just go for it because I have faith. Yeah, and I was worthy enough, and I just... Go for it. So yeah, it was all right. It was good, and I'm grateful that I'm LDS. I'm really good for for my faith. That's pretty interesting, listeners. I've you know, if people wonder if about sexual orientation, and you just replayed a conversation that obviously is age related because it's related to your eight year old baptism that you had that conversation in your brain um, before your baptism, aware of your sexual orientation, um, and that. You know, everybody's journey is a little different, but I certainly recognize that a lot of people f have had these feelings for a long time. They may not have had words for them or the, the ability to share them with people, um, but that's pretty insightful that you were that self-aware, Will, at age eight. And I love the way you processed that. It was very mature. It says, I'm just going to go ahead and get baptized. And I think that's good for LGBTQ Latter-day Saints. You can feel good often about the next step you need to take and the next step. You may not know your full story right now, but you have enough of a personal revelation to know the next step you take. So I think you did really well on that. Tell, just keep sharing with our listeners your journey with the church. And um, have you always been active or were there times you were more or less active? Hey, I've always been active. But I can say first time when I kind of came out, I was kind of like questioning. I had like a tons of questions, but one thing that I realized is that I do not have all the answers right now. All I have to do is just take the next step that I think it's right for me, and which is what I've been doing. I just take the next step and I just make the best of it. And I do believe that God not going to judge me for my sexuality. And I do believe that one thing that God really care about is for me to do the very best that I can, for me to just make the best of it. And yes, which is like, I've always tried to make the best of it. Um, expand more on the thought, God doesn't judge me for my sexuality. Because I know God sent me like that. Because it's not like question I have to question. And like, sometimes I heard people, oh, I had to question this my whole entire life. Or oh, I have always been questioned. I've never had to question it, but I do pray about it. I remember one night, I was pray about it. Because as I was reading the scripture, I do not read the scripture every day, but I do have a, a quote I read, some quotes on the scripture that I really like, and I mark them down. And sometimes when I'm going to hard things, I read them. And I read one, it was like, if you're going to hurt things, remember God gonna bring you out of this brighter. Yeah, it was something like that. And I was like, oh, okay. Then what now I'm going to hurt things? Maybe I need to pray about it. And I pray about it. 
And I was like, God, what should I do? And I was like, I am not happy right now. And I, and I was like so like hard on myself. And I was like, I am not happy because I am not where I am supposed to be right now. And one of the revelation, one of the things that I found as my answer was that the happiness that you're looking for, it's not something you have to. Because it's your sexuality shouldn't make you unhappy. You need to just accept yourself. As long as you accept yourself, you can find that happiness that you're looking for. Really thoughtful answer. Great answer. Talk about, um, since you came out as bisexual, we're recording this listeners in July of 2021. I think you said you came out in December of 2020. So it's roughly yes. seven months ago. Has your, has your relationship with the church changed? Has it gotten stronger, less, or the same? My relationship with the, with the church actually getting stronger. Because what now I'm able to just, even in co-op, sometime when people will just mention something, I'll be like, oh, that might be not true. Like, I remember one time as I was in co-op, someone said, oh, well, you're going to marry the good girl one day. You're going to go to the temple. And I was like, oh, thank you for the blessing. But do you know what? I can actually marry the man too. And I will still be happy. And it was kind of funny and everybody was questioned. And I was like, yeah. And I was able to just talk about it. And in the class, sometimes it just like felt more comfortable now for me to be able to talk about it. Because I remember one time I was in class and one guy in Coram and my single word asked a question about sexuality. He was crying. And I wasn't able to talk about it because at that time I was at out. I was able to talk about it. Once I came out, I'm able to talk about it. And in the church, I'm able to have a better relationship with God. I show him more love, appreciation, because I used to be like, oh, you don't like me. Why do you send me like that? Like, I'm able to just like have a better relationship with him. And with my bishop, I love my bishop so much. Both of my bishops, I love them. Now I'm able to have a better open mind conversation with them to be able to talk about my struggles. Because first, I would not be able to talk about anything that I was going through until when I came out. I'm able to just be able to talk with them and how my bishop really understand how he's able to bring like some solution, something that's going to help me. He's really a good one and I'm really grateful for him. So if I it's helpful for me sometimes to summarize. It sounds like your relationship with the church is improved because you're able to be the true will and you're able to have meaningful discussions around sexual orientation at times in quorum meeting. And it sounds like you can talk about this with your bishop. It's on the table, so to speak. And he's doing it. Both your bishops have said it seems like they've done a good job of just walking with you on this road. Is that fair? Yes. It takes courage to talk about your sexuality in core meeting, Will, um, and to talk to your bishops. Uh, what If there's bishops listening, what advice do you have for bishops of LGBTQ members? One advice I can give them is that keep showing your love. That's all it takes. And listen to the listener. Listen to them. Because they do have questions for you. And if you don't have all the answers, it's okay to just tell them you don't have the answer for them that they are looking for. 
it's okay to just tell them beside of just coming up with something. It's okay to just be like, hey, I don't have the answer, but I will look to it and share your love. Talk about, do you have plans to serve an LDS mission? Yes, no, or maybe? I'm between now. I'm planning to serve a LDS mission. If I do, I'm planning to go in June. And I still have my mission papers and everything. I'm working on them. And um, any place you'd, I, do you know where you might go? Or is it, I guess it's just a guessing game. Uh, I think I will go to Haiti. Yeah. Have you been back to Haiti? No. Um, it'd be wonderful if you went to Haiti. Um, and listeners, I recognize there may be others that are LGBTQ thinking about a mission and wondering, should I tell my bishop and stake president and parents about this or not? And I'm going to get Will, but I just, why don't you answer that first? One thing that I have to tell them about when it comes to a mission, it's okay if you don't go on a mission. Just know that. It's okay if you don't go. And you don't have to serve a mission for God to love you. And one thing that I realize from my perspective, sometimes it's hard for them if they don't serve a mission, it's easy for them to leave the church. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to come out. Because when people don't serve a mission, it's hard for them to stay in the church or unless they move out. Because everybody just keep questioning them. Oh, you got a mission? And that's become more of a culture thing now. Because it's really okay if you don't serve a mission. And about a mission, I think you should go if you feel like you need to go. Me, personally, I know I receive a revelation that I should go. And that's the reason I will go if I decided to go. But yeah, but it's okay if you don't go. And you need to pray about it. No matter how you feel, you need to search for revelation about it. Because I know God is going to give you an answer. I can testify you that. If you really ask him for it, he will give you an answer. And sometimes it's hard for, for LGBTQ people to go to church or to, or to participate even in class. Because some things they're going to talk about, they don't feel comfortable to talk about it. And it's okay if you're struggling. I just hope that you can find people in your church that, who have better understanding, who can be able to just help you. Well, I just hope you can find a place that you can feel safe, that you can be able to be happy. Because church should be a place where you go, where you're happy, where you're excited to go, where you feel love. I put on Instagram something that's very similar to what Will just said this week. There are faithful Latter-day Saints who feel their path is to not serve a mission. Let's not create a culture where they feel there is a fork in the road where they need to either serve a mission or leave the church. And you just said that, and I really agree with that. I invite everybody to consider serving a mission, and I served a mission. Um, but I, I agree with you. We don't want to create a fork in the road where culturally they just feel like second-class citizens and they leave the church. I think two members of our current first presidency in the church did not serve missions. Somebody at least put that on my Instagram post. So out there you can fact-check that. Do you think by being bisexual will make you a better missionary? Uh, I really don't think so. You? I think being bisexual, you can be able to have a 
better understanding towards other people because you've been threatened. I bet 99.9 of LGBTQ people have been threatened at some point in their life. And there are so many ways people can threaten them. And the thing is, when you've been through those things, you really know you have a better understanding towards other people, how to show your love to them, how to help them. That's one of the way I think LGBTQ people, they have a reason to stay on the church, even though it's not all perfect. But at least you have a reason. It's okay if you take a break. But one thing that I, one thing that I feel like it's become more of a culture. It's that when people come out at once, people ask them, are you going to still stay in the church or are you going to leave? I feel like even if you come out, you still can stay in the church. If you did have a faith, you still can stay. Because there's a place for you. Me, I find my place. If you don't like the word, maybe, maybe trying to meet some new people. And people can have a better understanding of you and they can have a different perspective. Um, I love what you're saying. You're remarkably mature. Um, you'd be a great missionary. Listeners, I've shared some of this before, but I've seen a pattern, a little bit of a shift in our culture where missionaries come out to their mission president on the mission and the mission president says he's okay with it. He obviously doesn't send him home and he gives him a big hug and he says, but he often says, don't tell anybody about it. And uh, then there's a missionary serving in California. He came out to his mission president. He came out to everybody before his mission, his parents, his stake president, his bishop. And, and no one saw that, rightly so, as an issue. It doesn't change your ability to be a great missionary. It's just, you know, like being left-handed or blue-eyed. You're just gay. You're just LGBTQ. It's just how you come, um, as Will's just been sharing. But the mission president in California says, will you help us become um, better at teaching the gospel to LGBTQ people? Will you do a Q&A with the missionaries? So instead of saying, don't talk about this, mission president says, I am so glad you're here because you will help us be Zion. You will help us become the body of Christ that Paul talks about. And how uh, unshaming that is for this elder in California. I mean, he just did a Q&A this week, I'm aware of. And so, and I've told this story before listeners, but if you haven't heard it, one of, I'm aware of a missionary who came out on Facebook on his mission. And that was his coming out post as a full-time missionary. And you know, there's nothing in the handbook that says you can't do that. But it was interesting to read the comments, Will. And as I read through the comments, they were great comments, but then his own companion chimed in. And I'm assuming his companion's straight. And I just think of how I would have responded if my missionary companion came out when I served in 1980. Um, I wouldn't have responded this way because culturally I was told not to. But he just says, I love you, Elder. You are a great disciple of Christ. And we are going to go and be great missionaries. And I just, I just love that, that the maturity in our culture, even two missionaries serving together, didn't weird that guy out that his companions came out as gay. And to me, that doesn't change our doctrine. It just improves our culture to see everybody as the same um, disciples of Christ. So you guys are all trailblazers. You guys that come out before your missions, you guys that, um, and guys being generic, if there's women listening, I hope you know I'm talking about um, LGBTQ women also, if I can use that term for just women. <laughs> um, any thoughts on any of that? Yes, one thing that, one of the reasons that 
that I feel like it's kind of hard when you come out. One of the things that others come up to my mind is that I want parents, I want like other people to know, even if I'm LGBTQ, that doesn't mean your kid's gonna be the same too. You can trust me if you're a kid. Because one thing that I realize is that sometimes when people just come out as gay or something, they, the other point just like trying to kind of hide the kid, trying to just like, the relationship just change with the little kids. And it just should be something the same. And it shouldn't, there, there shouldn't be any different just because of their sexuality, the relationship with little kids or whoever. Like, that's one of the things that I, I was always worried about. Then I'm like, okay, if I come out, what's going to happen then with my relationship with my friends? They are probably just not going to let them be friends with me anymore. But after I realized, no, that's not the point. The point is just to be who you are with them. The point is just to be, be yourself with them. And their point is to show love no matter what, and the relationship can keep on going. I really agree with that, listeners. I think in the book I wrote, there's some of these myths going around that, you know, whatever they are, Will's talking about it. I, I don't quite know the right words, but I love what Will teaches. It's what I've learned that, you know, there's not this um, conversion campaign going on. There's just, you know, a straight person's ability to interact appropriately with children and a gay person's ability to interact with children appropriately. We should just give everybody the benefit of the doubt. There's bad players in both camps, but to sort of put it in one camp and say everybody that's LGBTQ is going to have inappropriate relationships with children is not fair. Um, and it separates us and divides us, the body of Christ. And of course, missionaries have pretty strict rules anyway about being with kids. You know, you're going to be with your companion the whole time. And um, so, you know, those kind of risks are minimized a little bit. More thoughts on that? Uh, no. Okay. Um, do you worry about serving a mission, being out as bisexual? When did that... Do you, I mean, because coming out before your mission, does that worry you more that I'm out now? My companions will know, my mission president will know, my investigators might know, or do you think it'll help you as a missionary or do you a little, or a little bit of both? I'm not worried about people knowing anything. Like, I feel good about them, they know. At least they are aware of it. And I would be open to, to talk that with my, of course, my companion and my presidency. But the thing is, one thing that I always worry about is coming home early. But I listened to one of the apostles' talk. I don't remember who it was. I'm pretty sure it was Ballard. But the, it was about doing the best that you can. And at least you try. That was what I get out of it. And one of my mentors mentioned that to me because I was feeling so overwhelmed about serving a mission and all those kind of things. After that, I felt so good just being able, knowing that you did the best that you can and that's all that matters. That's great. Um, that's a whole nother topic that Will's proactively bought, brought up, early release missionaries. We've done a lot of podcasts on that, but I love what Will said because you, I think every missionary going out has some anxiety about, am I going to come home early? And I love the way you've recognized that's a possibility and have sort of have a plan in place that that will be okay. 
Um, we have an apostle that's given me air cover um, that really good people come home from serving a mission. And I don't think the fear of coming home early should keep you from going because um, you may serve two years or you may not. Um, but your intent is to do the very best you can. And I think we're judged on our intent and we're called on our intent. And so it's a very thoughtful way to approach that. And that's probably helpful for listeners and maybe takes out anxiety. I think sometimes anxiety is, I'm not a therapist, but you can minimize a little bit when you accept the possibility that something can happen and sort of just accept it will happen or not, not will happen like a self-fulfilling prophecy, but just it could happen. Okay, I really could come home after six months or three months or 18 months, and I'm just going to deal with that. And people will love me and... And I know God will be pleased with my efforts, and I know that I've done my best. And so maybe your words are really helpful for other people kind of wondering, because we don't want to create a feeling that that we're going to treat people that go and come home early worse than people that don't even go. We should treat all of that group equally the same anyway, but that's a, that's a pretty good thought, Will. Any more thoughts on that? No, not really. Just go for it. If you feel like you need to go, if you really have the desire, it's all about the desire. If you have the desire to go, you will go. No, it's about where you are, what now. That has nothing to do with who you really are. It just take the next step that you know it's right. And take the next step that you know it's right. Maybe not go on a mission or maybe not. But just do what you need to do, what you feel like it's right for your life. And what can bring you forward to God? I think all of us take our gifts as missionaries. We may look at some part of us listeners that we think is less desirable to God or culturally less understood, but it may help you reach people on your mission that, and you may, they may not even know that about you, but you just kind of get it and you just kind of get them and you connect them with the hope of the atonement, the healing of the atonement. I really encourage LGBTQ people have a testimony of the church to serve missions, even if they're not sure of their future after the mission completely. I think you can still bring people to Christ through our beautiful restored church and the doctrine, and it can be a foundational experience for you to develop your relationship with your heavenly parents and the Savior. Um, I had two messages this week, Will, from people who got baptized. Um, a woman, I'll be pretty general here, who's queer, and, um, and she does not live in the United States and another man who's gay that lives in South America. And they were listening to podcasts as part of their journey to join the church. So it was people like you. It wasn't me that got them to be more serious about the church. It was a team effort, but it was guests like you that stepped forward and share their... And it made them feel like there's a place for them in our church. Even though culturally we have work to do, they felt enough love from the members, from the missionaries, um, from the guests on the podcast, and maybe most importantly from their heavenly parents and the Savior and our unique restored doctrine. Yeah, so I got two picture, baptism pictures this week. And, and I just, not that you need to be LGBTQ to bring LGBTQ in the church, but I do recognize that there's, there's a place for people here. And Maybe it helps investigators at times to know there's LGBTQ missionaries out there that are, you know, and so they could sort of say, how do you make this work? Will you're a member of the church, you're LGBTQ. I guess they call you Elder Sintel, you know, instead of Will on your mission. Any thoughts on any of that? 
I think also allies, we love allies. I think allies, they need to be able to have, they need to be out too. Because sometimes I find some allies, they're just trying to hide. But you need to be proud. You need to be loud. You need to just be able to talk about it. Because the more you talk about it, the more people are going to learn about it and the more people you're going to get. The people are going to have a better understanding. Because if you are allies, you listen to that, you don't know how much we love you. We don't know how much you mean to us. Like, we love allies. And it's, it, it's all about just show up, listen, and just be yourself. Teach people about what, you, what you've learned and what you want to get out of it by the end of the day. It's good. Um, I'd love you in this last segment to talk about your plans for the future, your nonprofit book. But if there's anything you want to talk about before, you want to talk about that. Anything else about any subject? Yes, this year, I'm really excited because this year it's my year. <laughs> I'm planning to publish my book. And I'm planning to publish my book by the end of this year. And I'm writing it right now. And I'm also planning to start a nonprofit because I think it's time for me to create more open place for people. I've been thinking about what can I do better? What can I bring up to my community? Because I volunteer a lot. If, if anyone will listen to this podcast right now know me, they know I volunteer a lot. And, and I want to be able to help people in my community. And one of the ways that I feel like it's going to be more helpful for them is to be able to write a book and being able to talk about my experience. And I bet we have some similar experience too. And so that they can learn about my journey. They can learn more about it. It's mostly gonna be a memoir, but it's gonna be awesome. I'm really excited. And I'm also planning to have my own, my own non-profit. And it's gonna be me with one of my best friends. We're both gonna start it up. And I'm really excited to start it up. Cause I feel like you don't, like one thing that I found for me as an LGBTQ, I find that I need, I need to have a boyfriend, I need to date someone in order for me to come out. And it shouldn't have to be this way. If you have a safe place, if you know somebody you can go to, if you know at least a club that you can go to, you will be able to feel love and you will be able to just, don't have to waste your time in dating people in order for it to come out. You can just, come out as you are. And for other people who are struggling with stuff, because I met so many people the, the past couple of months where they really struggle in, not only LGBTQ, but they really struggle with suicide, they really struggle with mental. They're just exhausted because they don't have any place to go. And, and two days ago, one of my friends texted me, then, then it was like, Will, I really felt lonely. And this guy just barely followed me on Instagram. And he was like, I really felt lonely. Just when you watch your post, give me hope. Then I'm like, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm hoping to just bring in the community, to be able to just have a safe place and to create that place for people to come, to feel welcome that they belong here. I love that word belong. Um, and I love the, you know, elder... 
President Ballard, we've talked about him earlier. I think that in his his April conference talk, talked about the need to belong. And I think he used that word over 10 times in that conference talk. And I love the focus of your your message to other people, Will, the, the Instagram and DMs and other interaction, your potential book and your nonprofit and your desire to help everybody feel like they belong. And we all need to feel like we belong. Fitting in, we've used this quote a lot, is assessing a situation of becoming somebody who you aren't to sort of fit in. Belonging doesn't require us to change who we are. It requires us to be who we are. And you are a bisexual Latter-day Saint from Haiti. And everything about you is really awesome. And it's how our Heavenly Father created you. And you understand that. Um, but, And I share that you know, just all of our listeners, that we all who we are and we need, we need, especially in our congregations, create a feeling of belonging that everybody's needed. Everybody has gifts and contributions. Everybody is unique and beautiful. And it's the body of Christ that Paul talks about. Um, Talk about just, you know, you're, you don't fit the mold of, you know, Salt Lake City. You're Haitian, you're bisexual. So you don't fit in sometimes. Have you felt some of that tension not fitting in? Or do you feel like you do, you belong now? People just love you for who you are and see who you are. I can say everybody that I, everybody that I have in my life right now, they love me for who I am. And for me to get where I am right now, I, I set up with tons of boundaries and I had to cut. I lost tons of relationships with people the past couple of months. And it's something that happened days by days to surprise people like you're going to lose. But one thing that I'm really good for it's for people I have in my life who show up in my who show up like in every part of my life who's always there for me and who's listening. Sometimes just even a text message make my day. It's just like really nice, and I appreciate like everybody who's make their home a safe place for me over the couple of years. And I really love my family very much. And yes, I love everybody that I have in my life and for their love and support to me just mean the word to me. That's good. Do you have any more thoughts you'd like to share on any subject, Will? No, I don't. All I can say is that go and make the world a better place than you find it. Just be yourself and allies. Keep showing up, listen and love. And thank you for having me today. It's been really good to have you, Will. Um, listeners, we don't do a lot of prep. We just kind of start. It's kind of, I tell our listeners, it's like going out to lunch and you telling me your story. And often I'm deeply moved by somebody that I didn't know anything about. And that's what's happened here with Will. Um, you know, I would tell you this off the record or on the podcast, you are really mature 18 year old. Um, you've been stretched and put in situations that have made you grow tremendously. Um, you've had things in your life you've seen that I don't know much about, especially coming from a country like Haiti and all that you experienced there and just the context you have living in America, knowing Haiti, a country I sent you love because you'd love to go back there on your mission. And um, and being bisexual and being a Latter-day Saint, um, you're doing a really good job. You have a really good heart. You have a kindness and an inclusiveness and in understanding of the gospel. Um, you have a great foundation at a pretty young age. Yeah, you're a graduate of high school, so you're kind of old. 
But when you're my age at 60, you look kind of young. But you've gotten yourself into a really good spot, Will, where you're able to help a lot of people and do a lot of good. Um, I think the thing our missionaries can particularly do right now, I kind of think that everybody is a little wounded. Life is a little harder than I realized. I think a lot of us don't show that. I just love the idea that our restored gospel can connect people with the atonement of Jesus Christ that can heal their brokenness and their woundedness. And the unique doctrine that came through the prophet Joseph Smith, like heavenly parents that love us and will always love us, the, the completeness of the atonement, not just to take away sin, but to take away all pain of life. Life gets really painful at times. Um, and that's not sin related. It's just life is really hard and the atonement to heal and give hope. That still means we need therapists at times. But I think the missionary message is there's so many people that are looking for the hope and healing that the church offers. And, but it takes people like you, Will, that they can look to and they can say, this guy has something I'm looking for. And I think as if we did a podcast later in your life, you would talk about, you know, your ability to help others because of who you are right now. And you're already helping a lot of people. So you have a great life ahead of you, Will. And, um, I think as you recognize right now, your sexuality is a gift to you. And it allows you to do things that I don't think will be possible as part of your moral mission. I would guess you'll reach people on your mission that you wouldn't have been able to reach otherwise. And they may not be bisexual, but you just may have more nuance there to sort of get them and sort of understand that they've been part of a marginalized group or their road's been a little harder and you'll just kind of know how to help them connect with the gospel. And... So I think you're you're really good young man. I shouldn't even say young man, man. So um, this is Will Stencil. S tell, tell our listeners how to spell your last name, and then will you pronounce it in case I've mispronounced it? Okay, so it's Will Stencil. S-I-N-C, like Thomas, Y-L. And tell our listeners your Instagram account if they want to find okay, you. Okay, so if you guys would like to follow me, my Instagram account is... Let me look at it. He's <laughs> going to look at it, listeners. That's what I would need to do. My, okay, my Instagram account, what now? I'm a model. So it's men unique, men unique style. But if you also type Will Sentil, it might show up, but sometimes it doesn't. Mostly type men's unique style. So and yeah, it's... And we you guys will, are welcome to shoot me a text anytime. I'm always available for people. Feel free to shoot me a text and feel free to follow me. And I will put Will's Instagram profile in the podcast description in case you didn't get it. So this is Richard Austin and Will Stencil signing off from another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love.